Welcome to part two of my conversation with CGI Federal's Brad Schofstall and Donna Seymour. Last time we talked about the importance of modernizing data and the central importance of data in federal agency operations. Let's get back into it. How do you try to future-proof when you're making an investment and picking the right partner to do that with from a government perspective? And then, you know, in your experience, again, here at CGI Federal. We're, we're talking about a velocity of change that uh, we we think we're accustomed to, and yet the velocity keeps increasing. And so change just keeps coming more rapidly. And it's more intense change every time. Uh, so what we what we have to do is to learn to solve problems that we don't know we have yet. It's It's one thing to solve the problems we have today. That's necessary. It's good. But as we solve those problems, we create new problems. And so we've got to be able to anticipate some of those as well as just get better at solving problems themselves, regardless of what they are. So I look at that and say, you know, it's, it's about analyzing, using data to analyze uh, you know, kind of impacts. I think measurement is really important about what we do for outcomes, because if we're not improving the outcome, uh, you know, then we're solving the problem perhaps incorrectly. Um, so you've got a baseline, you've got to uh, measure along the way and, and measure at the end and compare those to say, have I caused a problem someplace else? Uh, we had this issue uh, in one federal agency that I was working with that uh, they, they had a very high attrition rate in one of the components in the agency. And uh, it was something that, you know, leadership had, had been concerned about for a long time. And they really didn't understand why they were seeing this kind of attrition. We started to collect data on where these people were going. And we found out that they were just going to another component within the agency mm. in bulk. Mm. And so we, we started looking at, uh, you know, then why, you know, why is there this pattern, right? They come into one component and they're moving uh, to, and it was really two other components that they were really uh, moving to. And we found out, we talked to these employees and we, you know, really got into, well, what drew you into coming in this way, but you ended up someplace else. And we learned that the entry requirements to get into the one component, it was easier to get in there, but they really all the time wanted to be in these other two components. Wow. So they would come in, get, you know, a few years under their belt, you know, get to know people, network a little bit, and then they would move to what their ideal job was. So now imagine if you if you know that, then you've got justification for why you've got this attrition rate, but now you can start planning for it, right? And the other two uh, components can now start taking advantage of that. So, you know, when you can advertise that you're a pipeline, right, to better jobs, then you're gonna get more applicants, you're gonna get better applicants, right? And so, the, uh, you know, that's where data was very powerful in solving a problem. I like the, uh, you know, the unintended consequences thought, but I also like the intended consequences thought. So you think about two sides of, of that coin and, you know, being future proof. You know, I, I like to think of it as keeping the future present, right? That's really what we want to be present, but we really want to keep the future present as much as possible so that we don't have the big surprises. So... You know, it's a couple of experiences that I had working with uh, with a large federal agency. Uh, was one was intended consequences. So we had um, in the uh, in this space there were 
processes that would take um, several days up to several weeks, very complex kind of financial auditing type of work. And, uh, you know, they, they asked us to help them improve that and streamline it, you know, actually increase the velocity of those processes. And so working with them, we were able to actually make those processes, you know, hours and minutes instead of days or weeks. So, and that was great because now they were getting more and more work done uh, in the same amount of time. And their people actually had the bandwidth to, you know, look into something that they were else that they were interested in and, and really grow their careers, right? Instead of being so focused and kind of overwhelmed by the, by the work that they were doing. So great, un, you know, intended consequence, kind of win all the way around. Uh, a similar situation that was unintended consequences um, was we, we had an, uh, with another agency, we had a similar situation where there was a financial process that was just taking, takes so long to do. Um, and it was mainly because of the way that it had been implemented. You know, again, each system was doing its little piece of a longer process and it, each was funded separately and had different owners. And so we leveraged robotic process automation to go against all those different systems to pull the data together and present it for the person to make the decision. And so they were able to make the decision in a much streamlined fashion. Uh, the unintended consequence is that they were getting through the processes too quickly and they were, un they were worried about creating a spike that had to do with write-offs in any particular quarter. And so when they thought about that, they said, well, you know, this is what we want, but we can't like go from this level, you know, down here to some other level way up here because it's going to cause a lot of questions. It's going to actually be disrupted in some cases. So even though the technology could really do a lot of, of uh, velocity, we had to kind of, you know, gradually build it up. And that was uh, unintended. So, you know, same side, you know, different sides of the same coin. Um, and, you know, neither one of them is really, in this case, where they weren't bad. It's just that you, you really have to take into the account the, the, the amount of disruption to, to, the, to the business or agency that, that's, that's tolerated. Visionary hats. You're both laced with wisdom and super smart and talented. Um, what technologies are exciting you that can, while on the one hand, have an intended consequence, but even if it's unintended, the technology is enabling you to see where we can make other things efficient. So, you know, we talk AI and cyber and cloud and uh, buzzword bingo. What gets you pretty excited um, that you think is an enabling technology uh, for government to, to modernize? I think RPA, uh, you know, Brad talked a little bit about RPA, and I think that that is uh, a really exciting technology because uh, it, it allows us to not only think about the process that we're, you know, that we're doing, the outcome we're trying to achieve, but what we've got to do, and this goes back to some future proofing and thinking about the future and keeping the future present, as Brad said, is what are we going to do with that excess capacity? What good work can we do with that? So, Brad, before I come to you, uh, th that's awesome. And I just think you linked technology insertion mm -hmm. might free people up to use their brain, exactly. which gets back to data and analytics like we talked about. Mm -hmm. Let machines and AI and do whatever it needs to do to curate, aggregate, whatever the verb is, data, 
this is still the most powerful computer. I'm pointing to my brain yeah, in yeah. the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It trumps any supercomputer or quantum computer right now. Right, Not right. That, but let's go with that, Brad. You can leverage technology to enable workforce development. That's my comment that I hear a lot in government, mm -hmm. and that is how do we not say technology is replacing you, but it can enable you. No, so you think about mission improvement in a lot of organizations, they really would like to be continuously improving. I think that's a goal for modern organizations. And so in order to make that happen, you have to have people who have the bandwidth in order to focus on improvement. And so RPA is one technology that can help that because the things that, you know, you got to get done that are kind of mundane, well, now the bot can do that and the person can spend time thinking about improvements. So whether it's other modernization improvements, process improvements, whatever it may be, I mean, it could it really could be anything. Uh, so there's a lot of technologies that enable that. Um, so when we think about, you know, there's a lot of buzz now about AI, but, you know, AI is really data science, and data science really is talking about natural language processing and machine learning and combining them together. So, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, about the AI. AI is kind of uh, a bit of, uh, of a uh, joke without the right data, right? So if, you know, and we've seen demonstrations of this where you feed data that isn't right to an AI, you're going to get garbage. Gar garbage. That's yeah. exactly right. It's, it's it's the same thing over and over again, which is what which is what the technology is. It's it's essentially, you know, solving the same problem in a different way, and it's still the same problem. The problems have been the same for forever. They, they will continue to go on that way. Um, so, you know, the the enabler that's involved in that is one where you know use it to augment augment the people. That's really what it's about is augmenting the people because we all have the experience when you don't have a person involved, like when you're going to call your cable provider and there's no people, right? It's all, all automated. Well, nobody likes that experience, right? So we're really focused on augmenting. So we, the people are a critical piece of it, but they can be much more productive and actually improve customer service by having a lot of the noise taken care of in the background with technology. So you can do automation everywhere. You can automate a lot of processes. You can use AI to augment uh, decision-making, customer service. So if you're talking to a customer service representative and the AI in the background has figured out, well, this problem, I saw this problem, you know, 10 different times and, you know, ask this question, right? So that's augmenting the person to get to the root of it, you know, whatever the situation is. And, and that really is, is where, where, where we see those three things, people, process, and technology, coming together for, for the benefit of the mission. Let's talk about everything we've talked about today from you know, technology to people and process. Where did it happen? And what gets you pretty fired up when you can tell, hey, we helped enable this with right, that right. project? So brag a little bit. Yeah, well, there's... There's many to choose from, but one that is specifically tied to data modernization is when you think about um, the evolution of technology, you know, you have the modern databases, right? The relational database or the document-based database. Uh, and then you have all of the compute power, caching, you know, all the, the website technologies, the, all of the microservices technologies. So there's just so many different ways that now you can really get to um, 
the having the data in place to make the decisions. And so one uh, area that uh, I'm very proud of is we're a pioneer in what we call the virtualized data environment. So you have all these real databases that are running on servers in different data centers. Well, using different technologies, you can bring them together using cloud technologies and caching and make all those different systems look like one big system that can handle a variety of use cases. And so we did that with, uh, the, with this, the CMS API gateway. Uh, so that's what's called a, um, a microservice API layer. It's a, govern, it's a governed layer that, does, that creates a virtualized data environment. Uh, so now you can have all these different, whatever the, the data is, in this case it was um, Medicare provider data, but you can have all that data brought together to give a 360 view of that Medicare provider. All their service locations, all their, you know, what services they provide by location, um, you know, anything about the provider relative to, you know, their quality of service, uh, so many different things. Um, and that's very beneficial. It really makes the, uh, you know, getting the job done for all the different, uh, you know, stakeholders, uh, you know, it really streamlines it. So that's just one case that ties into data modernization. And there's other technologies that we also pioneer along with that. Um, so that's at the application layer. There's also a data layer integration. And so we call that smart data or smart data fabric. And so that's one similar type of thing where you're taking a bunch of separate databases and making them look like one. And so now the use cases can support that. And that is um, very popular in areas where you have sparse data or data that you have, it's like not just one off, but two or three off that they're related. And so there's different technologies that, that we can bring to bear depending on the use case. Well, I love that. And uh, Donna, coming at you, if you want it from your perspective and you know, the consulting services, like sometimes just what's the problem uh, that we need to solve? And then hearing you know, Brad, uh, that to me really speaks volumes as a former Fed and now in industry, how the, the role of an integrator or uh, entity like CGI Federal that can say, look, you know, we're going to, we're going to make a, a platform that you won't care about how it's done. But when you click a button, the information gives you that 360 degree view. And that's amazing. And that to me, if my mother-in-law is listening one day, uh, that's your government dollars and collaboration at work because it's the user experience and hopefully that information that's mm -hmm. being served up that we know today is coming at us, coming at us in real time. Think power grid data, think water treatment data, think the mm -hmm. air quality data. Uh, this is the stuff we need in real time to dis to dissect, to distill, and obviously CGI Federal putting has putting all that. those different types of data together to make a complete have a complete understanding of what's really going on. So it paints the picture worth yeah. a thousand words. Great, yeah, great yeah. stuff. Donna, comments. So I I think about uh, you know the future of data, and one of the things that I am concerned about is us losing that human touch, mm. right? Um, if, if you had all the data that you needed and you had all the processing power that you needed, you could probably do, you know, most everything. But there's this gut that we have as humans, right, that uh, this intuitive part of us. I don't want us to, to miss that. Mm. And so one of the things that I find exciting about AI is 
learning, right? Mm. When when machines learn, when they start seeing patterns, or when they start recognizing anomalies, where they can start interjecting, uh, you know, humans until they can learn and become more humanistic. Um, I think that that's uh, an area that's going to be very important as we move forward in customer service, in futurizing IT, right? It's, um, uh, you know, we've, we've, IT has grown so fast so far, but we've got to start thinking about where is it really going to go and how are we going to uh, get to that point? So we're going to hit mm -hmm. parting shots here in a minute, but let me just tell you what I just heard you say, mm -hmm. which I love, and that is you, you humanizing the impact of data after all the mm -hmm. modernization governance and things are figured out, uh, you know, curing cancer, uh, curing paralysis, you know, mm -hmm. leaning on healthcare, extending mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay, keeping the grid up so that something like in Texas a few years ago doesn't happen or preparing for what happened in Katrina. When bad things happen, mm -hmm. the data can tell the story. And I think what you just said in both of you is like impact of data on humanity mm -hmm. is pretty compelling. So that was awesome. Mm -hmm. Both of you. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Parting shots are, what do we want to leave with the audience? We talked a lot today and there's you know it's an organic response. It could be quick and dirty or you can take a little bit of time. Why don't we start with you, Brad, on what's your parting shot? What do you want to leave with the audience uh, mm -hmm. and, and you know, maybe cause a light bulb to go off so they're excited to learn more? Right, right. Yeah, so uh, I would hope that uh, folks listening to this would remember that, uh, you know, if you've got a problem that you're trying to solve for your agency or your division, that really to paint a picture in your mind of what, what does success look like? Right. What what does it look like? Um, and ask other people, you know, in the organization, what would it look like? Um, because if you can paint that picture, then that's really you have a destination, right? That's that's a lot of times that's the that's the hardest part. But uh, just a couple, you know, kind of guidance items is you know resist any type of bolt-on fix, right? Oh, if we just add this one little thing, then it'll all kind of fall into place. Well. That might happen in the movies, but not not really. So, so when you think about um, when you get that destination, you need to think about again the change management piece. You know that's involved in that. So the people part. Um, how can technology be the enabler? Uh, and then the data. Really focus on pulling the data together uh, to support that. So my parting shot is paint that picture of what you think success looks like. Wonderful. I think uh, I agree with Brad, paint that picture. Uh, but I would say it's a journey. It's not necessarily a destination. And so don't be afraid to divert from the path because you don't know what you're going to learn when you get a little bit off center. Um, and I, I think that uh, I remember, you know, back in my career, number of times where I thought I had the end in sight, but I diverted a little bit. And I ended up in a much better place. So don't be afraid to, you know, to to go towards a goal, but divert a little bit and keep the goal in mind. But, you know, maybe you've got a better target that you can do. Uh, and I would also say that it's um, while data is uh, data is king, 
right? It's you, you talk about needles in haystacks. I, I look at it as needles in a needle factory anymore. You know, it's just uh, everything's a needle, right? It's just all data. And so if, we, if we're looking at it from that perspective, then, um, it, you know, we, we have to put the emphasis on data and maybe, I don't want to say not as much on the technology, but if we don't put more emphasis on data, we're just going to have bad data that runs our, you know, that, uh, you know, works in our technology. So those those are probably two key pieces that I'd look for. Well, uh, I can sit and talk for hours. I want to thank you for your thought leadership, your passion, your vision, uh, keeping it real. I was educated. I was informed and enlightened, and I hope our audience was as well. So thank you. Thank you, yeah, Pete. Thank you, Pete. Thanks, Brad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good. <laughs> CGI Federal Voices is a production of CGI Federal, a wholly owned subsidiary of CGI Incorporated. You can find CGI Federal Voices on your preferred podcast platform or watch the video version on YouTube. Subscribe or follow and spread the word to your colleagues. Learn more about CGI Federal's solutions and services at CGIFederal.com. Insights you can act on.